0: I saw, I watched a, uh, a TV program, it was a public PBS thing, and it had these several, uh, uh, kind of an emergency thing, it had several scenarios of here's the problem, here's how it was, uh, how the, the people were rescued. And the one I saw was uh, uh, a family in a boat, a little ski boat, and for some reason, the throttle got locked, and they couldn't, uh, they couldn't maneuver the, the uh, tiller on the motor. And so it was just spinning in, in the circle, just going round and round and round really fast. And, and there were a lot of people, and everybody got thrown off the boat except a three-year-old little boy. And he was, he was in the boat. And... There were a lot of people standing around watching, and a lot of people standing around shouting instruction, but nobody wanted to engage in the rescue. And then, out of nowhere, a 16-year-old boy, leave it to the 16-year-olds, brave, no sense, but brave. And he came zipping out on a ski boat, or a a jet ski, and uh, rammed the boat that was out of control. Jumped off the ski boat, into the boat, was able to somehow break loose the the, the tiller, and he drove the boat and the little boy to shore. Everybody, can get... hero. You know, ever since Adam and Eve, the this this human humanity has been spinning out of control. And when it seemed like there was nothing that could be done, God the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth, die on the cross, so we could be rescued from the grip of sin. Colossians 1:13 through 13-14 says, For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Through Jesus' victory over sin and death, Satan has has, uh, death and Satan, Jesus has snatched us out of his control. And when no one else could do anything, Jesus Christ saved us. Now here's the rest of the story of the boy in the boat. You're wondering, okay, how did did it all plan out? Great, he went to shore. Is everything okay? Yeah. In fact, the family of the child welcomed this 16-year-old boy into their home. They treated him with great honor and great respect. He sat when they'd have a, a dinner and they'd invite, let's call him Bill. And, and they'd invite Billy over and, and uh, he would sit where the father, the husband usually sat. He had that, that place of honor at the table. Uh, they never forgot his birthday. Always invited him in to, to uh, celebrate a birthday, had presents, had a cake. Really a big deal for Billy. They stayed in communication with him. They helped him out when he went out, got out of high school and went into college. They would send him little, little care packages. And to this day, he remains a hero of this family. Well, Jesus died so that we could be rescued, and he is our hero. Jesus is now at the right hand of God, and he has sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in all of us who are believers. And we make up this thing called church. Church isn't the building. You know, you're not more spiritual because you've got a cross on your on your steeple. Yeah, Kenny, you're the church. Yeah, my heart is a little churchy, but but you're okay. But we're the church. It's not the place. It's the people. And that being the case, we being the church also have a reputation that we bring into the building. You know, they know we are Christians by our love. Isn't that a song somewhere? Every member of the body of Christ has been rescued. And I'm ashamed to say that, that I'm not always faithful about telling other people about how I was rescued. In the passage this morning, Paul wrote to a group of Christians who made up at the local church of Colossae. It's over in Turkey. And the church was under attack from a group known as Gnostics. The Gnostics believed a whole bunch of, of really, really bad, bad stuff. But uh, they believed that all, all matter is evil. Your doll. I'll give her back. I'm not going to touch her. Gnostics would say that this precious little baby is evil. Well, isn't that ridiculous? And that means that you, being Baby Dolly's mom, would be evil too. Isn't that even worse? Here, what's her name? Christian. Christian. No, Christian. Kristen. Well, she can't see. Get her hat out of her eye. Okay. Don't you go to sleep, girl. So, all matter is evil. This chair is evil. We're evil. They believe that there is an unknowable God. You can't know God. They believe that the creator of the material universe is not the supreme God, but an inferior spirit. Narcissism doesn't deal with sin. It only deals with ignorance. You don't sin. You're just ignorant. Salvation, the only way that you can be saved, is through Knowledge. The more knowledge you gain, the closer you get to an unknowable God. I don't know how that works, but that's how they believed. So they were extremely arrogant and legalistic. They were trying to shut down the church so that their doctrinal lies wouldn't be contested by the church. That had the, had a, they, had a, they had a pastor who was just, just on top of it. The question of the day, though, is how did the church of Colossae survive? And a bigger question is... How does the church today continue to survive? See, we don't have the things, that we, don't, we don't call it Gnosticism today, we just call it plain old-fashioned false teaching, but it's still around. We live in a time when the church is known for being a place of infighting and lying and cheating and stealing and gossiping and you name it, that's what the church from the, from the unbeliever's world says we are. That's how we're characterized. And because of this, lost people are not drawn to the church. And saved people don't really want to become a part of it. If I've got to sit next to all of those hypocrites, I don't have to leave my house. I can think, you know, we've got hypocrites all over us in, the, in, our, in our neighborhood. Why in the world do I have to go to church and be surrounded by all of that noise? The church seems to be out of control and just spinning in circles. And, and our reputation as a church really matters to the cause of Christ. Let me read some scripture here. Colossians 1, 3 through 3-8, Paul writes, We always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Close friend of mine, Joan Murphy, up in North Dakota, prays for you guys every week. Lost her husband a year and a half ago. He was they were out eat in the on the East Coast visiting friends, and the neighbor had gone berserk and shot her husband. Shot the the the. The the wife of the guy that went nuts, and shot uh, shot another a friend. All of these people were were solid, Bible believing Christians. And never once, I asked Joan this. Never once did she say why. She said, "Oh my," she cried, unbelievable tears of grief. But she accepted that this was, this was what God intended. I don't know the why, but I know that I'm not going to do anything that is going to soil the reputation of his church. We've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. That's what she says about you all. I tell, I tell stories on you. I, I brag on you is what I do. But you come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. I tell them about, about, about Benjamin and Joy, Whitford, and the little Whitfordettes, and, and, and what God is doing in their lives reaching these kids. I tell them about the young people, we don't have many, but the ones that we have are sold out for Jesus, and they're not ashamed of him. I like to brag on you. You learned about the good news from Epiphras, Pastor E, or Epi. Epi. Our beloved co-worker, he is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. Pastor Epiphras. Now, the church's reputation of Colossae, and as our church here at Shawnee Heights Baptist Church, this is what we should be known for. We should be known for our faith, our hope, and our love. That's part of our reputation. Paul bragged on the Colossian church because of their faith in Christ, which was apparent by the way they loved. You get loved to death you come into this front door. 1 John 4, 7-12 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for the love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away the sins, our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but we love each other but if we love each other, God lives in us and His love is brought to full expression in us. You see the correlation there? If we show love to one another, our faith in Jesus Christ is obvious. This must mean that the opposite holds true. If we constantly are constantly tearing each other down and not showing love to one another, then our faith in Christ is in question. I've seen pictures... And, and even, I've, I've even witnessed it out in the country of sheep grazing on a hillside. They're out there, cute little sheep, munching and nibbling. Maybe the early in the morning, and the dew has, has come and it's on their coats and their, their little coats are glistening. They're peaceful, Not a care in the world. And then you look closer, and you see the grizzled old shepherd and his faithful dog, Bob. And they're watching over the flock, and you say to yourself, what a life! Eh, I would love to be a shepherd. Yeah, I don't know how many thousands of times I've come by this church before I was your pastor, or hundreds of times. Man, this is a cool church. See the sheep coming and going. It'd be great to pastor this church. As you get closer to the sheep, you smell them. Sheep stink. The word in the King James, Jerry, this is for you. It's a very old word. Came from the Greek. Sheep. Stinketh <laughs> Sheep don't take direction. The they get mad at the shepherd and Bob and when they when they try to lead them and the noise the noise you, you think the, the Grinch went nuts of the noise, 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 noise. Sheep are noisy. Noisy, stinking, hard-headed animals. And how was the Colossian church able to stay faithful and love one another? Stinking sheep. Verse 5 says that their faith and love sprung up from their hope of heaven. When they were taught from God's word that all Christ followers would someday go to heaven, they believed it. One day, we're all going to go to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that'll be. That'd be a good song. The hope is what pushed them to... This hope pushed them to faithfully serve Jesus Christ. And, And maybe the reason that the church today does not see faith and love evident is because they've lost that burning hope of heaven in their lives. Maybe that's what we, maybe that, that could be what some of us are missing. Sometimes it seem that, seems that Christians are, are about as excited going to heaven as they are about going to a dentist. They, they, don't, they don't get excited about that. Christians, we need to let go of the things of the world that hold us down. And unfortunately, it takes something bad happening in our lives to get our attention. The bad things. We have no control over these things. They can destroy families, they destroy our homes, they destroy jobs, economy, people. And, and, and there's nothing that we can do about it. But when we realize those bad things, that gets our attention. And that's when we hit the, hit the prayer rug and start praying. Sometimes it even takes a near-death experience to cause us to remember why we're here. Not only did Paul point out the evidence of their faith, hope, and their love, he also showed why it was evident. What made these guys so different? And that's the second thing. They're hearing and doing. When they heard the word of God, they didn't just hear it with their ears. They heard it with their heart. And when they heard it, they put it into action. And because of, what the, because of that, the gospel of Christ spread like wildfire. James says, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. In a world where, where evil seems to be growing, Christians need to stop just amening the sermon. They, they, need, to, they need to think about, about what it is that they heard and not just go home and nothing changes. The church needs to do the word as it applies and apply it. A lot of Bible-believing and teaching pastors are burning out. They pour their heart out. They watch their congregation react indifferently to the message. Let me give you some statistics here. This past year, 4,000 churches, new churches began this year. You say, wow, that's great. Well, 7,000 closed. Over 1,500 pastors leave the ministry every month. Over 1,300 pastors are terminated by the local church each month Many without cause. We don't like you. We don't like the way you tie your tie. We don't like the fact that you don't wear a tie. We don't like the color of your shirt, the color of your shoes. You don't wear shoes. You wear sandals. We don't like you. Goodbye. They're gone. Over 3,500 people a day left church last year. 3,500 people last year left the church. Christians sometimes think that if we hear God's word, our lives will automatically change. And sadly, it doesn't work that way. Just because you know what's right doesn't mean that you're going to do it. If believers would spend their time doing God's will instead of griping about who's at fault, the church would be radically changed, as would its reputation. there's, There's crazy stuff going on out there. The latest lawsuit... People started a class action lawsuit against, against McDonald's because they were fat. Here's a, here's a flash for you. Stop eating two Big Macs and two hot fudge sundays and two pounds of french fries because fat, greasy food turns you into a fat, fat greasy dude, right? Christians not only must we hear the word We need to apply it. You need to do something about it. you got a problem, do something about the problem. Paul pointed out where there was evidence of faith, hope, and love that we're to be hearers and doers of God's Word. You listen, apply it, and you're doing it. It isn't just, ah, man, that was great. Good word, good word. Thank you, preacher. Loved it. Great. And then go out and live like you never heard anything at all. Paul finishes this section by saying a word about the pastor of the Colossian church, Epaphras. His name means lovely. Don't misunderstand me. Epaphras wasn't a sissy. Epaphras was, he was, he was tougher than the back wall of a shooting gallery. He had to deal with these crazy Gnostics who were so it, it, they were so de- de- determined to destroy the church, they would, they would infiltrate and cause all manner of, of havoc within that church. He stood against that, taught against it, was faithful. And the problem he was dealing with was the Jews were arguing that the Christians weren't really saved because they didn't keep the ceremonial law, especially Sabbaths and food laws. You can't be a believer and eat bacon. Bacon. I didn't say that. They say that. You can't be a believer if you don't go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and any special nights that we have to do church any other time. You can't be a believer if you don't belong to a small group. You can't be a believer if you don't participate while attending the small group. Why aren't you singing? How can you call yourself a Christian and not shout to heaven these glorious words and music that our praise team is singing? How can you call yourself a Christian? Well, I call myself a Christian because if I start singing, you'll stop. What is that raucous noise? John, clear your throat. <laughs> This is the the normal Jewish critique of Gentile Christianity. Paul points out why Epaphras was a faithful minister. He preached the word. He preached the word. He taught them the truths of God with love, and he wasn't playing referee to a bunch of fighting Christians. He taught the word. And in teaching the word, he was able to cause this church... The Holy Spirit to cause this, this church to grow. He was studying the Word. He was praying and preaching the Word and building the church's reputation. Epiphras, that boy could lead a church. He had time to do those things that God called him to do, and when he led, the people followed. You know, that's how you can tell if you're a leader. If you're out in front and you turn around and nobody's following you, you probably aren't a leader. If you are at the front of a wagon and you have all the people on the wagon and nobody is in the harness with you pulling the wagon, you probably aren't a leader. I've heard numerous stories about the lousy job preachers are doing leading their congregations, and I contend it's not necessarily a leadership problem. It's a followship problem. People aren't following. They're not following the Word of God. Like it or not, the guy who stands in front of you Sunday after Sunday, preaching the word is God's man. Don't like it? There's a process to get rid of him. Then I'm gonna trip and I'm gonna sue you, and that's no, I, I just tease and tease and tease and tease. I almost tripped this morning. Followship. I have preached here for 11 years, we're going on our 12th, and my methodology has never changed. Preach the word, love the people. I love you guys. Thank you. And you know, for a bunch of sheep, because I'm part of the sheep, I'm not just the shepherd, I'm one of the sheep, you know, we we clean clean up pretty good. And when we have people talking about us and talking about the love of Jesus that you have 600 miles away, that says something about who you are and the reputation that you have brought to God's church. Shawnee Heights Baptist Church is known today as a place where the broken can be loved and restored. We can kill people loving on them. We, 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 uh, you, need to, you need something to eat? Tamara, raise your hand. She'll feed you. She'll feed you till you bust. That's our reputation. But there's a little nagging thing at the heart of churches like us, just, just a little naggy thing. You know We don't have problems. We get along. I haven't run off with the church secretary. I flirt with her. I haven't run off with well, yeah, no, we drive separate cars our issue is much more subtle than that you know, we understand all about faith and hope and love we really do we view ourselves as hearers and doers of the word of God we, we really do, that's evident but eh, we've become a little complacent preacher, who are you to judge me? well, you're right See, because when I point a finger at you, my dear, I've got four more pointing at me. And so it isn't judging, it's we've all become complacent. We're all busy. And if we're not careful, we're going to become weary and well-doing. And things are going to happen that we don't want to happen. If we're to be known by our reputation as a generous, loving church, then we have to be doers of the word. Bart, cue that up, would you please? James 1.22a says, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. And I don't want to be a bunch of pirates who don't do anything. That's a cute song too. If James 1.22 is not foundational to our reputation, we're going to lay stagnant and have a reputation as the nice, loving, giving, sharing, and caring church that sits around and we don't do anything. So what's it going to be? Do you want to be well-known as the church that actively and authentically hears the Word of God and then obeys it? If so, don't just be a hearer, but a doer of the Word of God. When God sees us in heaven, He's not going to have the angelic chorus singing about, we're just a bunch of ain't. Don't you hit Him. Oh, he's popping his back. Leave him alone. This is the end. We're almost done. So, so we're, we're at this, this place and, and the angels aren't going to be singing to us. You know, you're a, bunch of, you're a bunch of pirates that don't do anything. He's going to look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know the joy of the Lord. I'm, I'm ready for that call. But I think sometimes we need to be encouraged to get up off the back of our laps and figure out what it is that God's wanting us to do and then do it. We're going to be doing some things uh, in the next weeks. God sent me a young man that's and, and woman who, who uh, are going to help create a, uh, an atmosphere that's going to be fun, attractive, and then he's going to leave town so we can't blame him and I'll take the heat. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but I want us to be hearers of the word and then do it. Makes sense? Boy, it makes sense to me. Let's pray.